0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to another edition of Be shape Daily. Take a seat, grab your liquor of choice, and strap in for what is surely going to be a doozy of a podcast tonight, as the Cardinals lost the worst game, endured the worst defeat that I can remember in a while. 7-6 to six at the hands of the Chicago Cubs. On Tuesday, Johan Oviedo hands his first career Major League win to the Cardinals' bullpen on a silver platter, and they cough it up. Cardinals' offense doesn't get anything done against Craig Kimbrell in the bottom of the ninth, and St. Louis loses this game 7-6, to six, a game that they led 6-1 to one coming into the ninth inning. We've got a lot to talk about. I I did pose the question to Twitter tonight. If there were any questions, I kind of opened the floor. Any questions that they would like to see me discuss on tonight's podcast, make sure to subscribe if you haven't done so already. You can go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Those are the places I recommend to check out B-Shape Daily. You can also go to anchor.fm slash b 12. Click on the More Platforms tab, and there you'll see Some additional options to catch the show and all future episodes. But I did, I put it out there because the angst was real tonight, and understandably so. I'm not making fun of y'all. I saw it too, and it was brutal. Uh, Full disclosure, I was not at Bush Stadium tonight. It was my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, Devin. And so we went to a family dinner, and I caught the game, and certainly the ending. I was back home and strapped in for that, but wow. Um, you get the offensive production you wanted. I was thinking as the ninth inning was beginning that this was going to be the kind of podcast tonight where we're talking about the Cardinals finally turning a corner, because the last couple of days we've talked about the ways that they were able to win these recent games. Coming into tonight with a three-game winning streak, the the signs were beginning to come together. Like the first two the first two games that they won, those were against. The Giants on Saturday, Sunday, they weren't scoring runs, but their pitching was showing how stout it can be when you get some good performances and the bullpen backs up the starters and everything kind of comes into sync. And they were able to score just enough runs to be able to get those wins and did so with a little bit of timely hitting, which is something they lacked on Friday in a loss where they had base runners coming out the wazoo. And then on Monday, they score eight runs, offense is clicking, get a great start from Woodford, exactly what they needed. We talked about last night. If you're looking to feel a little bit better about life and the Cardinals, go ahead and listen to yesterday's episode again. Just click off of this one and go back to last night. That was a great game to talk about. That's not the way reality works, though. We got to talk about this one, too. But the Cardinals score six runs tonight. They get 10 hits. They they do damage, right? You get the long ball from Arenado. Great to see him being able to contribute in that way tonight because it had been rough for him. That's, I think, why he had the day off on Monday. Even though you're just a few games removed from the All-Star break, they wanted to get Nolan feeling right, looking right at the plate, and he, he rewards that decision with a home run in the very next game, his 18th of the season, coming in the fourth inning tonight. Tommy Edmond gets into one. Homers. he Homers against left-handed pitching, so that shouldn't have come as very much of a surprise as he went deep against Rex Brothers out of the bullpen for the Chicago Cubs. You also got some good production out of the leadoff spot tonight with the RBI double from Dylan Carlson. Really, no one Cardinal had a huge night. Bader went two for four, but pretty much everybody else at least got one hit or got on base one time, but it was kind of spread out. Everybody had their one, and that, you figured, was going to be enough. I was going to make the comment when I mentioned Edmonds' home run that Anytime the Cardinals face a lefty starter, Edmund should be back in the leadoff spot. I would not hesitate to make that the case because it really is true. He does some serious damage when facing lefties this year. And against righties, there's a question of whether he should even really be in the lineup. OPS is down to uh, sign of the beast 666 at this point in the season overall. But against lefties, he's been really good. Showed that again tonight when the Cubs, for whatever reason, had him face a a left-handed relief pitcher I don't know why an opponent would ever let that happen at this point because we've seen time and time again what Tommy Edmond could do against lefties but I did want to give credit to Dylan Carlson who was the leadoff hitter for the Cardinals tonight has continued to be for the most part Mike Schilt hasn't deviated much from that even through the struggles that Dylan has had of late but over the last couple of days he's starting to put it together nicely done by Carlson tonight to get the Cardinals on the board with the RBI double and the Cardinals also get a third home run in this game as well. From Jose Rondon. Hitting his first. So congratulations to him. But this game. Which could have been marked. And could have been all about the good things that happened. Johan Oviedo's start. We'll talk about him eventually. But it, it's got to be defined by what happened in the ninth inning. It, you know. As uh, Ironman would say. Part of the journey is the end. Well the Cardinals did not stick the landing tonight. In that ninth inning. Let's talk about it. I'm going to kind of break down what happened. My impressions of it. For those who missed it. Maybe you just want to tune out here. Because I'm going to talk about it. And then you won't be able to unknow it. It's just going to be part of your world. After I begin to discuss it. You're in a 6-1 to lead situation. Cardinals manager Mike Schultz Goes to Luis Garcia. Out of the bullpen. 5 run lead. You, you can't necessarily go to your, your aces every day. We've talked about this, right? Kenneths Cabrera did pitch, but Gio Gallegos, Alex Reyes, both available. Cardinals leaned a little bit on their, their bullpen using multiple relievers before that inning because Gallegos, or pardon me, uh, Oviedo, at least I didn't call him Acevedo. Love, love Mike Shannon, but he does every time. It's Acevedo, not Oviedo, and I don't think I've ever heard him Say it differently, which is kind of endearing at this point. But anyway, just five innings for Oviedo tonight, but he only gave up one run. So did his job. Cabrera comes in, gets the job done. Helsley looked good, Miller looked good, and then it's like, all right, we've we've used the other bullets. It's going to be somebody else, Luis Garcia. Just get it done for us. Here's the problem, though. Luis Garcia gets a strikeout and gets a ground out to short. And gets no outs to show for those efforts. That's on the Cardinals defense. And this is going to be a theme of the episode tonight. Talking about the heat that I saw from social media on Mike Schilt after this game. And post-game, I tuned into the Zoom, got a little testy when he was asked about some pitching decisions that he made. And if I can find that audio for you, I I will try to play some of that for you. But... By and large, to me, this was not a Mike Schilt game. And that might not be popular to a lot of people listening to this, but just the way I see it breaking down in that ninth inning. Were there things that he could have done differently? Absolutely. There always are. When you've got numerous managerial decisions that come into play, there's always going to be something that you can second guess, something that you could say, well, what about this? I'll give you my impressions of what I was thinking in the moment because that's the way you got to do it. You can't. Can't come into these discussions with the benefit of hindsight and make some of the bold claims that I saw tonight on Twitter about firing Mike Schilt after this game. And there were some more eloquently posed questions about Mike Schilt's managing tonight that I am absolutely going to address, but I don't think that you can look at what happened in that ninth inning and say, fire Schilt. First of all, let's get into the fact that it was Luis Garcia. Five-run game. I know it's the Cubs. I know every win counts at this point because of the hole that you've built for yourself. But in a five-run game, you figure you're going to have a chance, if things unravel for Luis Garcia, to get somebody else warm and go for the jugular and win this game. So do I understand the move by Mike Schilt to put Garcia in the ninth to begin the inning? I do understand that. I don't know exactly who was available for them out of the bullpen. Otherwise, I mentioned that they used three other relievers in Henesis, Ryan Helsley, and uh, Justin Miller. Pardon me. Earlier I said Andrew Miller, but it was Justin Miller that came in. And so you're looking for somebody else to step up and take the ninth. You're looking to save Gallegos. You're looking to save Reyes. Ultimately, both those guys end up getting into this game. But just the mere decision to use Garcia... I don't see how you can really have a whole lot of a problem with that. I again, you can second guess it and you can say in the moment that if you were sitting there in the moment saying this is this is garbage, why is this guy in here? Okay, so be it. Like that's totally fine. You called your shot uh, so to speak and and that is what it is. But can we review the fact that Garcia actually didn't pitch all that bad? He I mean, he left with the bases loaded and nobody out, but he struck out the first batter he faced and Again, this is something that I've I, I started to notice more on social media, guys getting on, uh, guys and gals, getting on the case of this player I'm about to bring up next. And some of the, the, the effort or the lack of the consistency of the effort in, in times where you've got to have it. And that's Yadier Molina. You know, I made the mistake once earlier this year of referring to a play of his as lazy, and then upon further review, I, I couldn't stand by that. I don't think it was a correct assessment by me based on the situation. What That was laziness, though, tonight by Yadier Molina. It just, it plain and simple, was a lazy stab at a ball that you've got to try to block. You know you're going uh, off-speed pitch, breaking ball in that situation. You called the pitch. Looked like a slider from Garcia at eighty six miles per hour, got in the dirt, got a little bit further away than Yachty was anticipating, obviously, but that's kind of what you have to be ready for on with with a slider that breaks in the in that direction. It was breaking away from the hitter. It was a good pitch, but your catcher's gotta block it. And not only did Yachty not block it, when he when he gets up, it's like he's you know and again, the ball just sat right at the backstop, so it was gonna be difficult to track down and make the play and so he he didn't really give much of an effort Yadi is not about uh eyewash he's if you've heard the term eyewash he's not a guy who's going to just give all this effort just to make sure that everybody knows he's giving effort guy who wants to play every day he'll conserve his energy for the moments where he needs it he needed it there though and didn't give it and so I do think that is, and and I will. I'll bring up the, the Twitter thread at some point where I solicited the questions and some of the ones about Yachty I'll bring up, but I will have already talked about it, obviously, and so we won't delve in too much to it later on. But, the, yeah, that's how I view the Yachty play. It's a play he's got to make. Five-run game or a one-run game, it doesn't matter. you got to have it in that spot because every win counts at this point for the Cardinals. You, you got to 500 yesterday, and then you're, you're right back down below it tonight after a loss that should have been 100% lock it in, put it in the scoreboard, a win, and the Cardinals end up losing this game. Back to that ninth inning. Next batter after the strikeout here reaches safely on the wild pitch. And it was ruled a wild pitch. You know, the ball's in the dirt. That's kind of the... I, I understand it. I still think as the catcher, you've got you've to give more of an effort to not let that happen. That's just the way I see it. And I'm comfortable if uh, you know, Yadier Molina don't think he's a regular listener of B-Shaf Daily, but I'm comfortable saying, listen, that's just not not something that should happen in that situation. It was a moment where you needed it and that could have potentially kind of staunched the the bleeding that was to come before it ever happened. You don't you maybe don't get into that situation if you don't have runners on base and the heart rate starts to go up for the the pitcher who's you know, not had a lot of success this year if we're talking about Luis Garcia. Newer to the team, hasn't pitched all that great since he got here, just kind of is what it is. But then, you get a chopper to Paul DeYoung, not a not a routine play, but certainly a play that, you know, Paul DeYoung can make and has made before, and he sails the throw. So now you've got first and third, and then Garcia walks the next guy, and so that's it. You face three batters, you do everything you need to on two of them, and then you let the situation get to you and you walk the first batter of the inning. And it wouldn't be the last walk of the inning for the Cardinals. That's where things uh, started to go downhill. They bring in Alex Reyes. Understand that move. You know, Some people might have said, bring in Reyes, lock it down from the beginning of the inning. What I'm going to say, and this wasn't hindsight for me, I was asking this question to myself at the moment is Alex Reyes the best choice now that the bases are already loaded because he while he's had a very successful season and I did say on the last podcast that or the last podcast where it was a save situation a couple of nights ago when Reyes broke the all-time MLB record for consecutive uh, saves to begin a season with or to begin a career without a blown save I said, yeah, he'll probably blow the next one. Now that now that we're talking about it so much, sure enough, that's what happened. But it wasn't it wasn't his fault. I mean, it was. He walked several batters. Let me pull up the line score here really quickly. He walked a couple of guys and gave up two decently hit base hits. Like it wasn't they weren't rockets by any means. But you know, I guess he faced five batters and four of them reached base. So didn't do his job. But also, you look at the season for Alex Reyes, what has been the story that we've known about despite, you know, he's been able to pull off the the big streak of consecutive save conversions despite his tendency to allow base runners. That's been a story for him all season long. But as the Cardinals closer, he's had opportunities in the ninth where he comes in with a clean slate. He might put a guy on, he might put a second guy on but he's been able to bend but not break in those situations. The problem when you bring him in to a bases loaded situation that he inherits rather than created himself, that doesn't necessarily get rid of the tendency to put guys on base. His whip for the season, walks plus hits per innings pitched, or per inning pitched, I should say, is 1.338 coming into tonight. I don't believe this is updated on baseball reference. So it's going to be even higher than that, but we're talking about the decision to go to Reyes in that spot rather than the guy that I would have thought would make some sense is is Giovanni Gallegos, which is who eventually comes in uh, to clean things up after Reyes has a difficult ninth inning where he doesn't have control of the strike zone. He walks a couple of guys. And then I think you get into a situation where you're like, holy crap, this game is actually on the line here and you're a little bit too fine within the confines of the strike zone. And you give up some some hittable pitches. That's what happened. And next thing you know, it's 7-6 to six Cubs. And Alex Reyes is on the way back to the dugout with his first blown save of his major league career. It happens quick. But when he's a guy who you know, you know has a whip of 1.33 for his season and for his career. And you've got Giovanni Gallego sitting there. His whip, 0.66. So it's literally like right at half of Reyes's for the season. Giovanni Gallegos per inning allows only 50% of the walks plus hits that Alex Reyes has for the season. And so if you're talking about needing a fireman in a situation, I think that's where Mike Schilt aired. You could have gone to Gallegos instead of Reyes based on the situation, based on an understanding of, Okay, you just can't. You just don't want base runners. I know he's your closer. I'm. I, I know that by the book, if that's the way you're going to do it, Alex Reyes is your closer. So you go to Reyes because now it's suddenly a safe situation. But that, to me, you, you've got to look at it a little bit deeper. And so, the questions that were asked of Mike Schilt were question about Oviedo pulling him after only 74 pitches in five innings, and then the question about why Luis Garcia in the ninth inning rather than maybe somebody else and while both of those I think are fair to, to wonder about and it's nice to try to get the perspective of the manager on those things my, my question and again I was just kind of tuning into the zoom tonight and so you can say bad media guy for not not actually uh holding the feet to the fire tonight but my my question had I had the opportunity to do so and it wasn't already a heated situation where you just know at that point you're not going to get uh, the the introspection from Mike Schilt that maybe you're hoping for once once it already goes a certain way. That's just a little inside baseball on the way a post game works. You have to kind of read the room sometimes. But my question kind of would have been why Gallegos? Why not Gallegos? Why Ray is in that situation? And the answer probably would have been safe situation. He's our closer. That's the guy you go to. But I think that. Given just that one little simple statistic, whip, walks plus hits per innings pitched, I think would have tilted me in the direction of Gio. And I was wondering that at the moment because you know that Reyes tends to play with fire. And when you create the fire for him, that that doesn't necessarily put him in a position to thrive relative to Gallegos, who I feel is more suited for that kind of situation. And as I pause to take a drink of water, I look at my Twitter direct messages and Justin Frisch, at, he said, here's a question you can use tonight for the podcast. And here's what he said: Why wasn't Gio given the ball first with the bases loaded, as he's shown more control and consistency the past few weeks, not walking guys versus the closer that has walked guys in recent outings? I, I, he pretty much summed up what we've been talking about. I just thought that was kind of funny that I was looking to see if there were any some questions that maybe I had missed and. He basically uh, hit the nail on the head with what we've been discussing. I think that's a valid a valid question. And so when you say, you know, all the, all this about Mike Schilt, I think folks are flying off the handle a little much. Like I said, it's the worst loss I can remember. I have a short memory, so understandably, I'm sure there's a, a loss out there that, that was worse in recent memory. Uh, I just don't have it to draw upon at this exact moment. I'd have to probably comb through some of the, the schedule and result pages over the last couple of years to find it Uh, but for this season I feel pretty damn confident saying it's the worst loss of the year so far so especially given the circumstances given that they had begun to kind of turn the corner the offense clicked again tonight which is basically what you felt like was the missing ingredient you get another good start like of the last five starts Wainwright was the worst one how weird is that Six innings, four runs, I believe is what Waino did in the first game back from the All-Star break. He'll be going uh, opposing Kyle Hendricks on Wednesday in what is really going to be a good, good game to watch for the Cardinals. Can they show that they can put what happened on Tuesday night behind them? That's going to be a big test. Wainwright has never had a problem playing the role of the stopper. And this isn't like a losing streak that he needs to stop right now. It's almost... He needs to just make it so it feels like this game didn't happen on Tuesday. Like, you can get it out of your memory. You can have a a very short memory about something like that and get a win tomorrow and then look back and say, hey, Cardinals, we've won four of our last five, guys. We're fine. We're right where we want to be heading into the stretch run of the season. That's what Wayno has the opportunity to do tomorrow, and the Cardinals are going to really need him to do it. But, yeah, they, they were right in position to make some things happen, and... Start to really feel good about the trajectory of the team. It would have been four wins in a row. You would have been able to turn your rotation back over and say, "Hey, we've got we've got our guys that we trust in going the next couple of days." Assuming it'll be KK on Thursday night, and what was a win in the bag turns into not one. And uh, you know, we talk about the the repercussions of of what it meant in the ninth inning, Mike Schilt, and we I'm sure we're going to talk about it more as I look into the, the questions and, and kind of put put a finer point on some of that discussion in that topic, I would like to at least give Johan Oviedo his due. I thought the tweet that I had was pretty good. I hate to toot my own horn, but no, I don't. Uh, I believe it was Doc Rivers in that gif where he's just kind of smiling with a blank look on his face. I said, Johan Oviedo, after finally handing the Cardinals bullpen his first win on a silver platter, Just kind of like dazed and confused. How did this happen? Good for Oviedo. He goes to Memphis during the All-Star break. We talked about how that was kind of a bummer because you're with the team for the the bulk of the season and wouldn't you love to just have a chance to rest over the break? Instead, they're like, no, we feel you need to go to Memphis and keep pitching because we want to see more from you and it'll, it'll give you a chance to work on some things. Tonight, Oviedo was so good. He walked one batter. Got to give credit to him and Woodford the last two nights, a combined one walk in 10 and two-thirds innings. That's awesome. Now, granted, he did hit two guys. <laughs> Oviedo did have two hit-by-pitches tonight, but the walks weren't there. So I, I guess I should I, I should mention that and ease off the, the gas a little bit. But only three hits, and so you combine six base runners in, in five innings. That's, that's really good. Scattered him, just gave up the one run across five innings that's everything you could ask for from Oviedo and so two guys that you really didn't know what you'd be getting from them they end up coming through for you and unfortunately between Woodford and Oviedo you only get one win and Oviedo still doesn't get his first major league win that he's it seems like he's had over a dozen starts by now maybe even more than that Woodford strolls in yesterday in his second start of his big league career Ends up getting the win. He already had a win out of the bullpen. Maybe that's what they got to do for Oviedo. Get him to come in one random game and throw like two pitches. Get him off the schneid. Try to get that man a win. But yeah, it just was a a tough thing to see. Because man, it really felt like this was going to be the one. And he got him right there to the finish line. The rest of the bullpen got him right there to the finish line. And it didn't end up working out. All right, I'm going to go now to the thread. And I'm sure it'll be more managerial conversation, which I and, and some Yadi stuff that's in here. Will Schilt give more playing time to Kisner? Adam asks that question. Uh, I don't think he's going to. I just I've seen it happen too many times for too many years when Yadi should be eased off a little bit that it doesn't take place. Whether it's Schilt as the manager, Matheny, it doesn't matter. It hasn't mattered. Yadi plays and and Yadi kind of does what he wants, and that's. The way I see it uh, the way I see it playing out. More question from Zach. Why isn't Yachty subbed out for Kisner at any point in that game? Why has Yachty played five million innings this season? I mean, I think everybody knows the answer to that. Like I can I can delve into it if, if you really want me to, but I think Cardinals fans are astute enough to to see the way it goes with Yachty or Molina. The guy kinda gets to do what he wants. And a lot of times that's fine because he's a a really good player with an incredible wealth of experience and knowledge. And he brings a lot to the table, but physically at, at his age at with the number of innings, the miles on those knees the, you just figure it, it catches up to you at some point. And we've seen it catch up to Yadi from an offensive perspective already this season in recent times, the OPS now has dipped below 700 he's at 694 for an OPS this season that pales in comparison to where he was which tells you I mean he started the season on on a trajectory for his best offensive year of his career OPS wise through I don't know six weeks I can look it up because what that tells you is if he was that good then and he's where he is now oh boy how bad has it been for the last six or seven or eight weeks And the answer, I would have to imagine, is pretty bad. But let's check the numbers on it. And I'm not even going to go with the arbitrary endpoints to make it look worse than it is or to try to be sneaky about anything. Let's just start June 1st because I'm looking at the OPS at the beginning of of June after May 31st. It was still 847. The downturn had already started a little bit at that point for Yachty, just starting to, to go down in OPS a little bit. Had a good June though. Like the batting average was still 2.92 at that point, so he was or pardon me, a good May. Even he finished up pretty strong in May. But I'm not I'm not trying to be tricky here. I'm just going to go from June 1st onward and this will be before tonight and so you're not going to get going to get that as a part of this on Baseball Reference. Uh, it's just they have a really good tool for sorting game logs. They don't update until the next day. I can't control that. But where he's been since June June 1st, 2.11 batting average. 271 OPS and a 260 slug. He's been basically non existent. A 260 slug, which he's not a power guy, but you usually get batting average and, and clutch hitting to go along with that. It really just hasn't been the case for Yadi, where, I mean, even the RBIs, he's getting a few of those, 14 RBIs, but that's over the course of almost two months. That's like, it's been about eight weeks at this point, seven, eight weeks. So, It's been a struggle. Yes, I think he could use more time off. I think he could use more days off than they give him. Do I have faith at this point that that's going to ever materialize? I do not. I do not. And unfortunately, it ends up being the case where Andrew Kisner's numbers are bad because he never plays. Hard to get a rhythm as a backup catcher. I know he comes in and says that he's a guy that prepares every day like he's going to be the starter that day. That has to get old after a while when you're sitting behind Yadier Molina. That's just human nature. He would never admit it, and I'm not even saying he's fallen susceptible to it, Andrew Kisner, but that's human nature. Like, it's tough to do the job that he's asked to do and come in there and hit. You As a backup catcher, you're coming in there playing once every two weeks and just thinking, man, I just got to be able to catch a good game so I can help our pitching staff and we can get this W. That's got to be your primary focus, and that can't be an easy job. I don't think the role is any easier based on the fact that you hardly ever get to participate in the game. So, yes, do I think the Cardinals will benefit from it? I do. Do I think it's going to happen? I do not. Moving on, Chandler says, uh, what's happening with the walks? Is it a team-wide case of the yips or organizational pitching coaching for nastier stuff? I don't think, and I like the question, I don't think I can pin it on the coaching But at some point, you need to maybe change the messaging. But we've heard Mike Schilt talk about this earlier this year because the Cardinals have been the worst in the the league in walks for like the whole year. It's gotten to the point where I don't even like look it up. I don't go to the stat page to verify that they're still last in the league in walks anymore before I talk about it again because I just assume it's not changing because we're seeing all the walks happen. And so I'm like, there's no freaking way – with how big of a lead they had that anybody has passed them. Same thing by, for hit-by-pitches. Like, why look? I I know what happened at least twice tonight, so don't really need to go look it up. I'm pretty sure they're still uh, worse in the league in both. So why is it happening? It's one of those deals where if it's a coaching issue, as the coaching staff, what do you say to try to you know, say, hey, don't walk anybody? It's kind of a hard thing to preach because then you've got them thinking about it. And that was something that Schilt talked about and Waino even mentioned it in one of his Zooms earlier this season, the idea that by talking about it, we're just going to kind of invite more of it. And so it's kind of a catch-22, but at the same time, fans are going to talk about it. Media, we need to be talking about it, because it is maybe the single biggest issue for this Cardinals team in 2021, and may end up being—that with that includes the offense and the struggles that it has had, the walks and the hit-by-pitches combined may be one thing that has cost the Cardinals numerous games and could keep them out of the postseason. Right now, they're not in a position to where that one thing would keep them out of the postseason because they're way out of the mix right now. But at the end of the day, if they make a little bit of a run and fall short, you could look back at that and say, wow, I wish they hadn't done that over the first course of the first three, four months of the year because that's not a great look. But it's a great question by Chandler. And yeah, if there was an answer to it, I think they would have solved it by now. And it's just one of those things where self-fulfilling prophecy continues to build on itself and it ain't it ain't good Alex asks uh what's the what's a worst loss than this one in recent years that you can remember I'm drawing a blank yep me too I mentioned that I am drawing a blank and I don't have an answer to it it ain't good like there have been some for sure but this was I mean and it's the Cubs at home yeah this is not not what you wanted to see not at all. Uh, let's take a look. Ben says, "When's the time to start talking about Yadi? Lazy behind the plate. Went after that ball with no urgency, and that sets a tone for the inning." I agree with that commentary that it set a tone for the inning. I've obviously talked about him already, but that yeah, when you get started like that, it's like, oh okay, we're we're a little lax right now. We're gonna be fine, but we're lax, and they weren't fine. You you can't afford that lax behavior in any situation. You you, you have you're three outs away from putting the game away. And your pitcher earns one, you gotta back him up. If Yachty had a foot injury that kept him from the All Star game, why is he playing nearly every game? It doesn't make sense. Dana asked the question. And yep, it's fair to ask. Especially when, you know, that was the reason that he gave us. We were in the dugout talking to Yachty about the All Star game, and he said, by the way, I'm not gonna go. And we're like, Oh, okay, why is that? He said he wanted to rest his foot. Foot's been, you know, he didn't say foot's been bothering him, but he said he wanted to rest the foot. Obviously had the IL stint for it. That was the decision he made. Cardinals manager, you could hear that and say, all right, we're going to use off of a little bit. Find some days here and there. The boss says, worst loss of the year. Wow, horrible management and execution. Uh, I talked about the decision I would have made with Gio as far as the management's concerned, but the execution was pretty bad. Can't argue with that. Best reliever we could get via trade asks, our bullpen blows. Okay well I, I the the question tracks with the username I'll say that um, I don't know the answer to that I don't know that the Cardinals are gonna make any moves honestly so the best reliever they could get is probably akin to a guy that you know the, I mean who are the guys they've gotten so far Brandon Waddell Luis Garcia like I don't know if they're getting a name brand reliever at this point I, I could be wrong I just don't I just don't see the Cardinals giving up a piece to their future even if it's just one single a double a prospect if it's anybody with any degree of upside I don't know if the Cardinals are going to want to to do that and I also don't know who exactly is going to be available like we're hearing the Cubs are are selling their guys Cardinals aren't getting Craig Kimbrell so you know he's pretty much the going to be the, the top name on the market and we'll see if he ends up shifting allegiances here over the next couple of weeks. But I don't think the Cardinals are going to be swimming in the higher-end pool for relief help. I do believe they need to get somebody. No offense to Luis Garcia, but, you know. And again, he kind of did his job tonight. That's what's so hard about it. I'm sure he's getting the brunt of a lot of this. But in addition to Reyes, who didn't have his stuff tonight, and we talked about why Gio might have been a better option. but. You know, you just have too many unknowns in the bullpen, and I think the Cardinals... I mean, Justin Miller pitched well tonight. Is he going to continue doing that? His ERA is almost nine still. So you've got question marks there without a doubt. Next on the docket is a question from K-Mac. Has the Luis Garcia signing gone as planned? Discuss. Well, and and I guess there is some talk out there. I said, I don't know. Maybe people are, are more on Reyes than worry about Garcia. But next question, I read literally a Garcia question. So yeah, I mean, as it gone as planned, I, I guess I, I wouldn't say this was his fault tonight. And he hasn't pitched great, so probably not as planned, or maybe as planned if you're planning according to what you can expect to happen. Like, yeah, he's you know he's not the not the world beater that uh, the Cardinals would love to to be able to go out and find. You're 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 off the scrap heap. He was another one of those guys who. Cast off by other organizations, didn't get the call-up that he wanted to with the Yankees, I believe it was. And so July 1st, he could opt out of that contract and then ends up with the Cardinals. And they had a need, so they brought him up. You know, they, they not up, they brought him right in. Like, they signed him to a major league deal and they brought him in. Um, did, did they hope that he might have been able to get three outs tonight? Yeah, I think that's probably true. Dana all over it. Do you think, well, she's all over. Do you think Gallegos is a better closer option than Reyes? I don't. I don't think Gallegos is better closer option. I think Mike Schultz has to have a willingness to, though, in a situation like tonight, look at this as not your typical save situation. Another good question from Dana, though. He could look at this and say, yeah, blank slate, ninth inning, three, or few, uh, three runs or fewer lead, yeah, I'm going with Reyes as my guy. This was a different scenario, and I would have gone Gallegos because of the base runners that were already on. You don't have to worry as much with Gallegos about letting base runners on. And you know at that point that every base runner is another run. And so you have a better chance to win the game if you bring in a guy who only allows half the amount of base runners as the other guy. Ray is in a a blank slate situation. He He does not concern me because he usually gets the job done. In fact, before tonight, he always got the job done. But tonight wasn't blank slate. Debbie Vance, another question about Garcia. Uh, asked about his ERA, well, I just don't think I don't think his ERA was impacted tonight. I'll have to I'll have to go back and look and make sure, but I don't think any of those runs against him should have been earned, and they were. I guess I'm wrong. His ERA is 54. That's not good, but that's kind of that's kind of some BS. Why is that the case? That had to be an error on DeYoung, is it, was it not? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I guess I don't know how they come up with earned runs and unearned runs, because he strike he strikes out a dude. And gets an earned run for that. Okay, looking at it a little bit more deeply, I'm understanding the throwing error on DeYoung was allowing the runner, Patrick Wisdom, to advance to third. It wasn't ruled the reason that Nico Horner made it to first base. So they gave him a hit, which is why the run was earned. And with the walk, Wisdom would have ended up on third anyway, so it didn't impact whether that's an earned run or not. But that's a tough break. I mean, the dude got an earned run for striking somebody out. That does that does not seem right. I guess I I guess I never looked at it that deeply to know that that was the rule on that, but uh, that's the way they came up with it for this one for Garcia. So that sucks. Yes, that impacts his ERA, but that is uh, that's kind of a bummer. That's not that's not one that I can pin on his shoulders. But hey, that's the way it goes. Could he get cut? Was the question from Debbie. I mean, sure, it's possible, especially if they bring in somebody that they like a little more. But. Yeah, 54 ERA is not the best. It's not what you go for. Uh, Atherton McGilligutty, the third, I should mention, says, what is this team's identity? What do they do well? It's a great question. It's a great big-picture question that's kind of tough to tackle in minute 39 of a very long, sad podcast, but I'm going to try to think about this anyway and talk about it. I mean, their identity, part of their identity is the lockdown bullpen. At the at the back end of it, in in a situation where you can get a lead, you know that seven, eight, and nine, you've got guys you trust. Now tonight they didn't go with that formula, and so I can't. Like again, I'm talking about a clean inning for Reyes. You feel pretty good about it. They didn't do that tonight, and so I, I, you can you can say what I said and have that stand, and have tonight's result fly in the face of that, and still feel good about the statement. And I do. I do feel like if you if you have a lead late, even if, if it's a close game, maybe it's better because then my shield has to use his top guys, and you don't know, get into this situation, but yeah, I think that's part of their identity is that you you trust the back end relievers more times than not. I think that's yeah i mean i I think the fact that I'm struggling to answer the question kind of proves the point. Because they don't do a lot well consistently, like over the course of the full season. I think Mike Schilt would have a different answer about their identity than I would because he sees he sees it for what they've been and what they can be. And we've got to kind of look at what they are, at least on on a full scope of the season. And while recently they've been the kind of offensive team that can do some good things, can score in multiple innings can start to wear you down as a batting order. They can take pitches. They usually can take pretty good at-bats. You know, you're going to have some bad ones. To end the game tonight, Goldsmith had a bad one. Like, he chased a pitch that wasn't even close. And granted, at that point, he's the last guy. So you're hoping for a home run, and that's about what you need. And so he chases one in the dirt. He takes a strike on the inside corner that kind of, to me, I think it was like 87 miles per. It was kind of hung. The way I saw it, if you're looking, you got to be almost looking inner half. But Goldschmidt could park that thing into Big Mac land is what I thought watching it. But got the call. It was on the inner half of the plate, right on the corner. So a good pitch. If you don't swing at it, it's always a good pitch if it's on the black. But then he takes strike three. Like that, not a great at-bat. Not one to write home about. But in general, the Cardinals, especially of late, have been taking better at-bats. That's what makes this so tough that... The offense was not the reason they lost tonight. I don't think very often you could really say that, but certainly tonight you could. 7-6 to six loss, and damn near all the runs came in the ninth inning. So, that sucks. Uh, Steven asks, should Yachty ride pine tomorrow, or he says ride the bench tomorrow? Uh, I mean, yeah, I think he should have a day at some point. I don't think he should be, you know, stoned to death for having a, a one bad play in the ninth inning and not coming through offensively all too much recently he's but he's even had a few hits in the last couple of days so it's not even that i do think though that there's there's going to come a point in time where you have to strategically figure out when to sit yachty uh so the question is should he ride the bench tomorrow on wednesday absolutely not because wando's pitching and i do want to see those guys chase down as many uh starts together as a battery as they can before the both of them retire so no i would not sit him tomorrow i'd probably sit him thursday though uh, give give Kisner a chance with KK, presumably, and, and see what they're able to do. I think that would be a good time. Getaway day, but it's still a night game on a Thursday before you have to play a game on a Friday. Yeah, that would be the day. Uh, R. Finkinator, MD, asks, How do I stop throwing up? I cannot help you there, Mr. Fink. Sorry, but that is funny. I did give you a like on that tweet. With the season looking lost, the Cardinals consider selling and focusing on 2022. Uh, the Ballot Box asked that question. No, I don't think so, because as we've talked about before, there's nothing to sell. I don't know what you're going to sell. You're not selling Yadi and Ueno. Andrew Miller is on an expiring deal. KK is on an expiring deal, but you'd probably like to bring KK back. Matt Carpenter, I mean, nobody, nobody's going to give you anything for him. Anybody else is under control for at least next season. And so by selling any piece worth selling, you're not really focusing on 2022. Those ideas would kind of fly in conflict with one another because you uh, you don't have anything to sell. So, no, the Cardinals should not sell. That doesn't mean they should buy like crazy. I do think they should buy a little bit. I think they should make an ad. give Just give a little bit of an air of confidence because they do play a bunch of crap teams in the next month. They get some more of the, the, the Rockies. They play the Tigers again, the Pirates. Like There's room to win here, and we'll see if the Cardinals are able to do it. And they play more with the Cubs. Like You're going to get your chance against the teams that that you're trying to catch you're trying to pass they'll see more of the Reds they'll get them this weekend it's not impossible they're a game below 500 it's still not impossible so you know I, I wouldn't be selling because you, you can't but I also don't know how crazy I could go to buy uh, Cards Fan Talk Cardinals Nation asked about why Schultz went with Reyes in the bases loaded spot instead of Geo whip of 6-6 six, six, of uh, 0.66 and I said that's a fair question I told him I would be discussing it on the podcast i've done so at length even before bringing it up but i appreciate your question because it is what kind of you know allowed me to realize yep it wasn't just me people are talking about this i do want to bring this up on the show tonight so i did uh dp presented by rocket mortgage asks brendan what liquor do you recommend to cope with this uh yeah all of them any liquor will do uh but uh, in copious amounts it's about volume it's quantity over quality, baby, on nights like this. Uh, question from G-Dub that I think I'm going to try to close the podcast with. So I'm going to scroll down and make sure there's nothing else. Uh, Noah asked, what's the deal with Yachty? Uh, is he hurt? Yeah, he's got the foot thing going on. Um, laziness isn't leadership. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't think he, he called him a lazy player. That's a dangerous thing. But I can certainly look at one play and say, yeah, that was a lazy play. He should have been on his on his horse, and he wasn't. Uh, Christian asked, Brennan, can you give me three good reasons to wake up tomorrow? Uh, not Cardinals-related reasons, but I could definitely give you other reasons. Just not related to uh, what happened tonight for this team. Sorry about that. Okay, we've gone way long tonight, 45 minutes. Uh, send me a message, a DM on Twitter, at bshafer12 to tell me that you hate when I go 45 minutes. Never do it again. If you don't hate it, you can also send me that message to make me feel better about myself, but it's okay if you do hate it because I don't know. I just figured people wouldn't want such a long podcast, but uh, especially when it's like be safe daily and I don't do it every day, but I do quite a few of these a week. And so it's like, it seems like maybe that's too much for people. If I give you a routine, you're typically used to, Oh, it's 25 minutes, 30 minutes. I can knock that out on my commute, whatever. And then I pull a fast one on you. Like, By tonight, which it usually happens after a momentous game, win or lose, honestly, usually after a loss, because then I ask people for questions, and they've got lots of them, so that's what we've been doing tonight. And I'm going to wrap things up here on one final question that comes from G-Dub on Twitter, and it does relate back to the question about Cardinals manager Mike Schilt, and he asks, is Schilt really that different from Matheny? Isn't it time we had a manager who wasn't a Mo yes man? Last time Cardinals won a World Series, made a deadline move was when the Cardinals had a manager with enough clout to stand up to Mo. That's all the words of G Dub on Twitter. I'm just repeating it and wanting to dive into it because he he asked that in a in a good in a good way, a re- pretty respectful way I think, and so I want to to touch on it. And the reason I'm talking in in these terms about being fair, you know, listen, you do have to remember at the end of the day, these are people, and Mike Schilt is a person, and while there might be some decisions he made that I could disagree with, especially in the heat of battle, you can, and, and this this kind of harkens back to, to the idea of why don't the media ask the tough questions, whatever, whatever, I, sometimes when a question gets asked in a situation where Every fan on the couch might be saying, "Yeah, that's what I want to know about." Sometimes you get a little bit of explosiveness, and that's what happened with Mike Michael tonight. Uh, BK kind of had to take one on the chin and asked a couple of questions, and he, and I, I talked to him, and he said, "Yeah, I didn't really ask that the way I meant to, but that happens. Like in this in this job, that happens where you, you don't it doesn't quite come out the way you want, and then when the manager's pissed, you're like, oh." geez, what what did I just walk into? And so it can be a little bit alarming. But the question that he asked was about going to Luis Garcia in the ninth, and I I touched on this earlier, and I wanted to play just a part of it, just to give you an idea of kind of the the heat, the spice that existed in the postgame, and this was the last answer that ended the postgame. Because again, if you're a reporter, and, and I wasn't planning to ask anything tonight anyway, I did want to hear the post game. But because I wasn't technically working, I wasn't gonna gonna necessarily chime in. I told you what my question would have been about Gallegos if I had if there was an opportunity to chime in. It definitely wasn't this moment right here where and there was a little bit of an exchange, of back and forth between BK and and Mike Schilt. Where I'm not gonna play all of that for you, but I just to give you an idea of kind of what it sounded like. Here's a little bit of the end. Of Mike Schultz talking about, at least to start the ninth inning, why he went with Luis Garcia instead of a more experienced quality option out of the Cardinals' bullpen. Yeah, I can't pitch those guys every night. We got a five-run lead in the ninth. Other guys have to pick. There's a reason there's a three-run save. We brought Alex in with with some cushion. Didn't happen. You can second-guess it all you want. It's the right move. It didn't work out. If you want to pitch those guys every night, we won't have anybody left come September. That's how the baseball works. You can't pitch guys the same guys every time you got a lead. It does not work. But you're welcome to your opinion. So that was a little bit from Mike Schilt on the decision to go with Garcia, which, again, I don't think was a decision that cost the Cardinals the game. I I don't think anything that he decided tonight cost the Cardinals the game. As I mentioned, Yadier Molina, wild pitch, pass ball, whatever you want to call it in your head, could have been better. Paul DeYoung making a throwing error – could have been better. That that could have been two outs right there off the top. The guys that, you know, you do bring in Alex Reyes. That is one of your best relievers, if not your best reliever, pound for pound. And he walks multiple guys and gives up a couple of hits after Luis Garcia gives up a walk. That's, a, that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Yeah, I would have gone Gallegos personally, but you can have a reasonable enough expectation with the lead the Cardinals had to be able to hold that thing down, and it just was worst case scenario everything went wrong and while different managerial decisions might have resulted in a different outcome to that game to me it wasn't on the shoulders of Mike Schilt the fact that the Cardinals lost this game tonight I told you what what happened in that ninth inning that I thought really could have gone differently and allowed for the Cardinals to win this game don't make the errors don't make the the drop third strike situation escalate don't walk guys it it is about that simple because by the time Reyes started giving up base hits the damage was pretty well done and out there to be capitalized upon if you're the Cubs like yeah now you're getting hits because you've you've gotten runs via walk you haven't had to really work for them and here you go and it's kind of a little bit of payback to the way the Cardinals won that game yesterday on Monday because in that fourth inning it was hilarious the fact that the Cardinals scored four runs well Cubs got the benefit of the walks today, and that's the way it breaks down. But getting back to G-Dub's question, Schilt being that different from Matheny. So you you hear quotes like that, and he's he's fiery in the postgame. He's upset at a question. He doesn't feel it's fair to, to come after and, and, and question the bullpen moves. And, you know, heat of the moment, absolutely understand being, you know, Upset about something like that after a really tough loss for the Cardinals tonight. Mike Matheny, sure. Mike Matheny's relationship with, with media was famously not great when he was in St. Louis, you know, I think. But but here's where the answer to, my quest, to, to the question, ultimately, difference, is he that different from Matheny? The answer is yes. Mike Schultz to me, is different from Matheny. He's, he's human, so he's going to have moments like tonight where he gets upset, doesn't like a question, is going to lash out. He's he's done it to me. He's done it to others this season. Like, it happens. That's just the nature of the job. I don't think that's unique to Mike Schultz. It's not unique to Mike Matheny. But the problem, I think, with Matheny a lot of times, took some things personally and, and you know, maybe Mike Schultz does that to some extent as well. When it's not intended in that way, we're not saying, you know, you, you, you're so dumb for this move or that move, but legitimately trying to get some understanding for, the the sake of the fans what the thought process was to maybe get a better understanding for why certain moves were made. So from that perspective, when you, when you see Mike Schultz kind of reacting in certain ways and saying, well, you know, the the questions, even if it didn't quite come out the way he intended the, the reporter intended, it is just one of those deals where people are trying to get some answers for some, some pivotal moments from that game. And you know, you can take it personally, and you can be upset about it. But at the end of the day, it is for the benefit of our fans, or readers, or listeners through whatever medium we're 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 doing this baseball covering business. Totally understand human nature to to have some passion about that situation, as as the Cardinals manager did tonight. But where I think it, it can differ is that at times, for me, in his first his first big league job, and maybe that's not the case with KC. I don't cover him now. But at times for me, it felt like Mike Matheny was just in over his head on things. And I never get that feeling from Schilt. Like, even if I don't agree with the move that he made, if I don't agree with the way that he reacted to something, I'm never thinking, oh boy, he just doesn't know what he's doing. I always feel like it, he's got a reason for it, and it may not be something I agree with, and you as a fan may not agree with the reasoning. But I, I do believe that he's always he's got one. and he, and he And so I just... And I don't. I'm not trying to rip Mike Matheny here either. Like Mike Matheny had some really good years in St. Louis, and so I don't mean to denigrate a guy who obviously near the end had some problems and was fired for a reason. It did It, it wasn't working anymore in St. Louis. It just wasn't. But I don't think the Cardinals are even close to that with Mike Schilt right now because it's just. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Like I've given you a little bit of a synopsis there for a couple of minutes. Maybe it just sounds like I'm rambling, and it, what I'm saying doesn't make any sense to anybody outside of what we're doing. And and I I I'm trying to give a little bit of insight and hopefully it makes some sense. But all I can say is it just feels different. It's not that way. It's not a situation where Mike Schultz's job is on the line. Because when the the hashtag firing Matheny stuff, you used to see it all the time. The the merit to that was real and it continued to grow as time went on until he finally was fired. I don't. That's not even in the realm of consideration for the Cardinals. And if I'm wrong about that, like if. In, in a couple of months or off season whatever, we're doing a podcast about Mike Schilt being let go as the manager of the Cardinals. I'll be like, yeah, I was blindsided. Did not see that coming. I was wrong. But as I said here today, it's not something I see within the realm of possibility. It's not coming down the pipe. It's not being considered by the Cardinals. And I think justifiably so. I don't think Mike Schilt's job should be on the line. So if that makes me a homer, media, whatever, I just, it's, I don't think... We're talking apples and apples at this point. You know, things could devolve and things could change, but I think Mike Schilt has a good handle on what's going on here. I might disagree with an individual decision. Hear me now. I don't have to agree with everything he does, and I'd have had Gio and not Reyes. Would I have had Luis Garcia, the first man out of the bullpen in the ninth inning? I have no idea because I don't have the information. I'm not privy to whether they had anybody else that was unavailable clearly they wanted to go with a right-handed pitcher in that situation. And so if you had, you know, another lefty, if, if Andrew Miller was available, Justin pitched, but if Andrew were available, you know, could that have been a consideration? They want to go with a righty, so it wouldn't have been the same situation. That wouldn't have been the guy you would have gone to. So that's my take, Mike Schilt. I've tried to be, you know, fair to both sides, but also tell you what I think. Like, you're getting my honest viewpoint, I think, at this point in time. I'm not trying to sugarcoat. Anything, I'll tell you what I agree with. I'll tell you what I disagree with. For me, for the fan base and the ire toward Mike Schilt tonight, be mad. Like, be upset. There's a lot to be upset about from that game. I I just think it's a little bit too scapegoaty, too easy to say, yep, that was on Mike Schilt. I, I don't think it was. But believe me, that's a problem that the Cardinals lost that game. There were a lot of different ways that they could have been spared from losing that game, and none of that happened. They ended up losing. So that's really, really tough. Understand the frustration. It's up to Wayno now to go out and beat Kyle Hendricks on Wednesday. Should be a great game, great pitching matchup. We'll see how quickly the Cardinals bounce back and put this one behind them. Appreciate you guys, as always, but especially tonight, for listening to the jam-packed episode of b Shafe Daily. It was a doozy. We're closing in on an hour, so I've got to get the hell out of here because I want to go to bed. But thank you all so much for listening. For your comments on Twitter, if you asked a question and I... Touched on it in the podcast tonight. Appreciate you big time for participating. If ever you want to leave a voicemail, I know I put this offer out there pretty often, but oftentimes people are a little shy, I think, to do it, which I get. Busy lives and everything. You can go I can make it really easy though for you. So I'm gonna give it a plug tonight. Anchor.fm slash b twelve slash message. All you gotta do is type that into your URL. Hit the button to record your own voice. Speak loud, speak clearly, let me know what's on your mind about the Cardinals. And when I get a chance, I'll try to put it in the episode. I know there have been some times where people do ask a question, but I don't end up getting to it, and then I think about it, and then it's four days later, and it's not relevant anymore. And so I do try to get to them when I see them, but uh, would love to have you participate in Be Shape Daily in that way. And once again, a call to subscribe. If you guys can subscribe, you'll continue to listen and remember, oh, yeah, I like that podcast, and I want to hear it again. means a lot to me to be able to have your support but that way, if you do the subscription, you'll always know when we put out a new episode. So you won't have to be guessing and waiting for the next one. You'll just get an alert when it happens. So Spotify is a great way. Apple Podcasts is another. And Google Podcasts. Those are the, those are the main three that I would, would say you'll you'll be able to be uh, hooked up pretty good with B-Shape Daily if you subscribe on one of those avenues. Thank you all once again. Going to wrap things up here. We'll talk to you next time. Should be tomorrow night, Wednesday night, after another Cards, Cubs, Battle on be safe daily. Peace.